Welcome into episode 59 of the Landscape Photography Show. On this episode, we're talking with photographer Miles Morgan. Now, sometimes I like to put out some feelers on social media and say, hey, who are some of the photographers that you guys want to hear from? Time and time again, that answer has come up, Miles Morgan. And not only from you guys, but from other photographers too. Other photographers I talk with and interact with, his name just kept coming up. So I had to have him on the show, and I was really interested specifically to hear about his life as a photographer, also as a pilot, and lastly, how friendships have shaped his photography over time. The Landscape Photography Show is a podcast where you can listen to your favorite photographers talk about their journey in photography. It's a place where you can be inspired and also learn how to take better photos. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, guys? We're here with Miles Morgan. Miles is actually joining me on a layover right now in Kauai, a place that I've been just a beautiful location. I'm glad he's joining me on the podcast and not out shooting um, because I would be out shooting. I would totally ditch me to do this. So, Miles, uh, welcome to the podcast. I've wanted to get you on for a long time. Why don't you start out by sharing your journey into photography and kind of what has led you to where you are right now. Uh, hi, David. How are you? And uh, first of all, thank you very much for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. I I am a fan of your podcast, and you've had some really heavy hitters on, so you've clearly cleaned the bench to get to me. Um, so, uh, you know, for the three people that that actually tune in that are my followers, uh, welcome. Uh, it's always got to be a, a last person in the lineup. Right? Always got to be. Yeah. Hey. hey. You know what they call the guy that finished last in medical school? Doctor. That's so it. You, that's so you know, I might be at the bottom, but I'm still I'm still here. <laughs> uh, um, so, and the other thing, let me just clear up. I would ditch you for photography too, uh, okay. except for I'm quarantined in my hotel room. So okay, understood. <laughs> they, they let us they let us fly out here and they let us eat and exercise and that's it. So. Um, <laughs> I got to sit in my room for 30 hours and then I'll fly back. But uh, uh, to answer your question, my my journey into photography um, started, my dad was a, a professional freelance photographer. And so always had cameras close by growing up, which annoyed me and didn't think anything of photography. I took a couple of photography classes in high school uh, that didn't really amount to much. And then I went along my way and had a career and uh, kind of climbed that ladder until I got to the point where I was uh, pretty established as an airline pilot. And I thought, you know, I got kind of a, a decent amount of free time. I need to find something else to do. So I was looking for hobbies and I thought, well, I'll try that out. Uh, I was living in the Portland, Oregon area and looked up some workshops online and found a, a workshop with Adrian Klein and Kevin McNeil mm-hmm. and thought, well, I'll, I'll give that a shot. Uh, hugely influenced, by the way, by Mark Adamus, who I, I found his work and thought, well, that's astonishing. I kind of want to do that. Took the workshop and was absolutely hooked. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was completely hooked. We were uh, up in the Columbia River Gorge up in Rowena, and there was a thunderstorm that rolled through. We were all kind of in our cars. And then all of a sudden, I saw Adrian get out and start sprinting. And I thought, well, I guess I'm supposed to do that. So I got out and started sprinting the other direction. I literally no clue. What, what am I supposed to be doing here? 
Uh, and then he, you know, of course he had this great shot of a rainbow and I'm facing the, the wrong direction, shooting a, some scrub brush, but uh, <laughs> it didn't, it, it's never gotten any better since then. But uh, that's kind of how I got started. And I found myself pretty obsessed at that point. Uh, and then befriended, uh, I kind of forced my way like mold into a friendship with Ryan Dyer, who's uh, an all world photographer. And I've been chasing his coattails ever since and making him teach me stuff. And so for the last 10 years, I've, I've been just trying to get as much shooting as I can between work and family commitments and, and uh, ended up sort of where I am now, which is having a good time doing some photography when I get a chance to do it. Well, I, I love asking people that question because it always gives me a lot of insight and in their background into photography, maybe, you know, some of the other parts of photography that they've made have tinkered with and you probably took film photography like you said in high school but the second I learned you were a pilot I had to know how you became a pilot yeah that's a good question um I I became a pilot um I I, I it's really funny I don't know I, I I've always <laughs> wanted to be a pilot and there's there's pictures of me I grew up in my first couple of years were in New York City and then upstate New York and there's pictures of me on my dad's shoulders um, uh, at LaGuardia Airport watching the planes come in. So I mm -hmm. guess, and, and from what I hear, I was obsessed with airplanes and I was obsessed with the, the garbage trucks. And so uh, no offense to the sanitation engineers, but I'm, I'm glad that I, I went with the pilot part. Um, and then I wanted to be an astronaut for a while, but I was too tall. And then I find out you got to do stuff like they stick things into you. And, and uh, that, that didn't sound like fun. So uh, it just, since I was a little kid, I just wanted to fly airplanes and my mom got me a, a flying lesson for my 15th birthday. And I've never looked back. That's been very consistent in my life, but that's what I wanted to do. Why do all pilots have like the intercom voice? <laughs> well, uh, you know, it, I guess that's just one of the things you got to develop. Uh, there are some people that don't like to talk on the radio and I'm, I'm perfectly happy to. I always find it amusing when I get on and do my spiel of, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Captain Morgan. And they always get it in Vegas and Reno. Those people <laughs> get the Captain Morgan thing. Nowhere else. I can be in Iowa, you know, or out here in Hawaii. and Nobody, nobody blinks an eye. But in Vegas, they always give me the look like, yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> That's funny. Well, what advantages does being a pilot give you in photography? You mentioned time, but are there any others? Yeah, well, time is the big one because we do have it. We have an interesting schedule. When you're when you're out, you're out. So you're going for four days or so. But then when you're when you're home, uh, you typically have extended days off. So if I have three days off, uh, those th those days are free of anything. Um, so I do have a little bit more time uh, to to go out and explore and shoot than maybe somebody that's got a nine to five that only gets the weekend. Um, and then the, the, probably the biggest advantage is. When I'm on the road, uh, I do get to occasionally go shoot. Uh, before they did the quarantine restriction here, uh, a couple of months ago, I was in Maui and they were allowing crew. We were the only people over there, really. And they were allowing us to go do whatever we wanted uh, on the exemption. I went up to Haleakala and shot Sunrise and you know, carry my camera around. So when I have the opportunity to do that, it's great. Back when the volcano was erupting, uh, I would go to, to uh, Hilo and Kona as much as possible and meet up with Bruce Amori um, and go out there and shoot uh, the volcano 
you know, as frequently as possible, which would be an opportunity that most people wouldn't have. They'd have to plan that trip. Whereas for me, it's just part of my work. So I, I guess that's maybe the biggest uh, advantage. Uh, and then also when I've got downtime on a layover, like today, I've got my computer with me. I'm going to do some editing from uh, some shooting I did in Colorado a couple of weeks ago and uh, figure out exactly how bad of a photographer I am, which is every time I look at my raw files, I'm like, wow, you're just really not very good. But we'll uh, we'll see if we can massage some life into a couple of those files. You've talked about your dad a couple times. Are, are there instances when you're out in the field and you may draw inspiration from him and his career in photojournalism? You know, my dad is, uh, he, he's got an unbelievable eye and the type of shooting he did was very different than what I do. He, he was a, an absolute master at lighting a scene. So he'd get an assignment from, you know, Newsweek or time or whoever to go shoot a, a person or a, or a situation. And he'd bring, and it was back in the film days. So there's no, there's no cheating on the digital. You just got to you know, load the, load the camera up and go. Um, but he, he would always figure out, you know, the, the lighting that would make it an interesting shot. And he was really a genius at that. Uh, and I love hearing some of his uh, compadres talk about it. Joe McNally shot with him quite a bit. And so I, I like listening to Joe sort of tell stories about my dad, but it, it was a totally different genre of photography. Um, and my, my dad told me early on in the process, he said, you know, if you want to sell pictures, I was told by a photo editor once, don't ever shoot another sunset. And I thought, that's eh, pretty much all I shoot. So um, <laughs> that it, it's not something that um, that I draw inspiration from my dad to do a, to, for my shoots. But I do uh, enjoy when I come back and I've got an image that I can show him and uh, it, to connect with him in that way that we both understand stuff or talk about cameras. That's that's always been a lot of fun for me to kind of connect back to what he was the most passionate about a little bit earlier in his life. Does he critique your work when you show it to him? Uh, he, he probably would if I listened. Um, but I, I shut him out, you know, immediately when he starts to talk to me about stuff I could do better, but no, he's, he's, uh, he's very supportive. Um, and, uh, I'm sure he has, I'm sure he has thoughts about my stuff that are not, not as, as positive, but you know, he's, he's a good dad and wants to make sure that I don't get depressed. So he'll kind of keep that to himself. <laughs> what about, you know, before we came on, you and I were talking about familiar experiences that we've had. You know, I just had a daughter, you've had a daughter uh, in the past year and a half being away from home so long. Is it difficult for you when you get home from a stint being a pilot and flying somewhere or multiple places and then, you know, going out to shoot then? Or is it easy for you to fixate on that mental health side of like, hey, I love this. This is something I really enjoy doing. Uh, I just have to go shoot. Very uh, interesting question. And I think this may be. The, the thing that I have to add of value to your listeners, which is that, uh, you know, a lot of the people that talk about photography and that are on podcasts and teach workshops and lead tours are doing it time. This is their life. And for most of the people that are, that are uh, absorbing that content, that is not their life. They have other things to do and other um, 
requirements of them and time restraints. And so it's maybe a little bit hard to relate. Um, and it's frustrating for me when I see guys that are new in the game that blow by me uh, in terms of talent and quality of work that they're putting out. And I think I just, I don't have the time to devote to this, to make myself uh, into a better photographer. But what I, what I think I can offer is at least an example uh, of the fact that you can do photography and still have a full life and you can still go out and enjoy yourself and you can still, you know, strive to improve. Um, but it is brutally tough right now at this particular phase in, in life to get any time for photography at all, unless I'm on a trip. Um, because I, I'm gone for four or five days. It's completely unfair to come home and then say to my wife, okay, see ya. I'm going to go shoot. Uh, she needs a break. Um, she stays at home with our little daughter and and then, and I also, I want to be home with my, my wife and kid and I want to play with them and, you know, experience the things that I missed out on for the last four or five days. So carving out a time to shoot or to go teach a workshop or to even edit a picture is really challenging. Um, and when I do do it, it's, it's a, a mixture. It's great fun. It's wonderful to be out there, especially if I get to see my friends uh, that I like to shoot with like Ryan and David Thompson. Um, but it is also, I'm keenly aware, at least at this stage of my daughter's life that I'm taking time away from her and I'm causing, you know, duress on my poor wife. Who's got to, to pick up the slack for me to go, uh, have some time to be creative. So at, at in the, in this last year and a half, it's been hard to get time to shoot. It'll continue to be hard to get time to shoot. I would say for another year or two. Um, and then it'll get a little bit easier as she starts school. I, I expect to have a little bit more time um, where I don't feel so guilty to take off and, and do a little photography. But it is hugely important. And, and my wife and I have talked about this. It's hugely important that I have this outlet because this is, you know, out, outside of my family, this is when life is most joyful for me is when I get to go out and shoot and come out and get a, and get an actually decent image. And, so I, I want to make sure I don't lose that, but to balance that time has been one of the most challenging things I've ever done is to do it effectively and try to be good at all the things that I'm trying to do. I need to be a good pilot, but, you know, I got to keep people safe and uh, give everything, especially right now when it's, we're fighting for every customer and passenger to come fly with us because people are uncomfortable getting on an airplane. Uh, I want to make sure that I give, I devote myself to that. And I, I do instruction uh, for new pilots uh, and pilots that are transitioning to my airplane. So I need to give them my all. Then I need to make sure I'm giving my all as a, as a husband and a, and a father when I'm home, which is sometimes I'm great at, sometimes I'm not so great at. And then uh, you know I need that, I need that outlet. So uh, it's hard to find that time, but it's, you know, you make it a priority and you, you don't do it too often, but when you do do it, you really try to get out there and make the most of your opportunity. Well, that feeling of guilt and, and I can relate here because I, I feel that too. A lot of times when I do go out, um, does it have impact on your creativity and your time doing this outlet? hundred thousand percent. And I, I'm curious to, when I finish, I want to hear your perspective on that. Okay. Um, for me, it's, it's definitely affected my creative process. I, I can't, I can't, um, 
disengage completely. I'm always worried about the girls and making sure they're okay. And always feeling a little guilty about the fact that I'm out having a great time. Um, I try to give my wife a break too. Uh, it's tough in COVID times, but I want her to, to have some days to go see her family or friends or go do something and travel and get a break from, from being a parent too. And so that helps if I can give her a break, then I feel a little less guilty if I get a chance to do that. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's always in the back of my mind. And, it, and also this is a, this is like any other, um, art uh, or you, you've got to practice. If you're not practicing, mm -hmm. you, it's, you get really rusty. So I try to, I try to do what I call active viewing of a lot of other people's photography and try to look at shots and say, what do I like about this? What, what would I change about this? What's you know, why does this work for me? Why do I think this is such a spectacular image? So that maybe when I get out there, I can dust off the, the, the rust a little bit quicker. Um, but what, give me your thoughts on this, how you, how you combat that. And when you're out in the field, are you able to kind of dis disengage completely? Or is, is it still in the back of your head? Um, it, you know, it, I would be lying if I said it's not in the back of my head, because absolutely it is, you know, that, Fam family time is a huge part of my life. Obviously, it's a huge part of your life too. But having that communication between you and your partner, I think is really, really important of, hey, this is how much time I'm comfortable for you to be away coming from her side and me saying, okay, this is what I can do within that time frame, and still respect that wish from you. So communication, obviously huge for my wife and I and, and our family and then kind of setting up that boundary around it. But I also do my best to set up a boundary around my photography time of, you know, if I'm out, I do my best to be present in that moment. And I've, I've struggled with this a, a lot, Miles, of being out and, and wishing I was somewhere else. Uh, or being home and wishing I was out shooting. And, and that's always been a little bit of an issue for me. And I recently, you know, read a quote that said, peace of mind is not in a past remembered or future imagined. It's finding joy in your present moment. So I try to, to bring that into my photography when I am out shooting. But that being said, I never take a step over that boundary of given time to me. Uh, I respect that time that my wife does give me. And if I am going to be, you know, 30 minutes to an hour outside of that with, with traffic or, Hey, I got, you know, caught up in rain. It slowed my hike down. Uh, I kind of had to, you know, duck under a tree for a while. I will always communicate that back. Um, so I would say communication for us is like the prime peacekeeping thing and keeps me present while shooting. And, and then when I come home, there's no like resentment there. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. Yeah. That, that's uh, uh, great advice for me, actually. And, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to take great value in that because I, I think that one of the things I maybe have been derelict in now that you mentioned that is I may have driven the conversation more to, well, hey, I, you know, I, I'd like to go shooting this, these five days or this four day trip. Is that okay? And it kind of sets her up to not be able to say no. And mm -hmm. maybe giving, maybe coming at it the way you guys are going at it and saying, 
hey, I, you know, this is important to me. What, how much, what, what time are you comfortable with me taking? Is the better way to come? You know, your viewers had or listeners had no idea that they were going to get a full-on therapy session, did they? We we are well, we are solving problems here, man. I'm telling you, I I'm just trying to be like the marriage counselor for everybody. This, this, <laughs> turned, we, this shifted oh, from a photography podcast to like a <laughs> it's exactly marriage therapy with David Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's that's great stuff, though. I mean, I think I, I'm I guarantee, and I know uh, one of my friends, Ryan Buchanan, is. I ran into him uh, out in the field in Colorado. Literally ran into him, which was a surprise. And he's got a little two year old boy, and is going through the same thing. He just doesn't have time to shoot. And I we were talking about this a little bit, and he he you know, he was saying to to uh, he he was relaying what he had said to his wife, which is I need this. And he was kind of <laughs> kind of getting a little twitchy. And I thought, yeah, you're okay, buddy. Um, but I, so I know for a fact that we are not the only three people in the world that are dealing with this, with this issue. So, uh, and it's not something that really, that there's a rule book for. So I, I, I really value your, your insight there. Cause I, I think that's going to help me going forward to negotiate a little bit of time to get out there and, and to do some shooting. Hey guys, real quick, I just want to talk about today's sponsor for the podcast, and that's visualwilderness.com. Right now, you can go to visualwilderness.com and get any of the courses that I've made that will help you improve your landscape photography over time through post-processing and learning how to take basic images and level them up through Lightroom and Photoshop. You can get those for 33% off for a limited time right now if you use the code DAVID33 during checkout. Again, that's visualwilderness.com and use the code DAVID33 during checkout for 33% off for a limited time. That same deal is going on on my website for courses that I've made for my own website. You can go to davidjohnsonart.com, enter that same code DAVID33 during checkout for 33% off for a limited time. Let's get back to the episode. You know, you've also mentioned Ryan Dyer's name a couple times. Oh God, it makes me sick. He makes me sick. I know, I know. I had him on several weeks ago. Um, Sorry. Back Sorry. into the archives. Yeah. You can go back into the archives and find that if you want to yeah, listen. Yeah, don't bother. It's not worth yeah. listening to, I promise. Yeah. It's, it's pretty garbage, to be honest. He's got an annoying voice. He's just, <laughs> he says annoying things. Yeah. You know, you, you bash him, but he said in our talk that you were a huge inspiration for him. Your friendship meant everything to him. Oh, great. Um, See, now I yes. feel bad. So now you look <laughs> terrible. Yeah, exactly. And he, and he looks like a saint. Yeah, uh, well, see, he see he set me up. That's what he always does. He set me up. <laughs> is that is that respect, you know, two ways? I know you respect him because you were talking about how great of a photographer he is. You know, the, the thing about Ryan, joking aside, um, what I what I first admired about Ryan when I met him was his photography. And now, honestly, it's the last, it's the least important part of our friendship. Um, I, I love that guy as a human being. Um, I've learned a lot from him about, 
just sort of being a good person um, and being, he has a lot of traits of things that I admire that I try to kind of, he always just sort of rolls with the punches. He doesn't really get upset. He's always kind to everybody. Um, we both, we have bonded over an absolute uh, joy of complaining. I mean, we both complain nonstop. So when we're out shooting, we complain about everything. And it's, it's, well, it's too hot or the hike's too long or this is so stupid. Why are we out here? Oh, they're, they're great. You know, that's probably poison oak or the light's terrible and oh, this cop's garbage. And then we get back and we say, God, that was the best time. Uh, <laughs> we just had such a great, a great time. There are very few people that are want to sit there and listen to me complain. So the fact that I got somebody to complain right there with me is probably why we're such good friends. But He's he's just such a great person to spend time with, and we don't get to spend a whole lot of time together. But when we do, it's it's some of my favorite moments. And I was sick. Uh, it's been four years now. I got I got pretty ill and wasn't sure, you know, how things were going to turn out. And so when I when I recovered enough to go do something, um, the first thing I did was went on a photography trip with him down to the Albert Desert, and. It was just such uh, one of the best experiences of my life, just because we were just out there, the two of us, and spending time with my friend, doing what we love to do. And uh, so, yes, he is a, a world class photographer and an incredible instructor. Like his his videos, um, his instructional videos for post processing, are pretty legendary stuff. Uh, he does a good job of explaining things. Um, doesn't get too technical, but he has these artistic techniques that I would that I could never do. But he 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 presents them in a in a way that I can follow at least. Um, but he but he's just he's just somebody that I you know I would I'd kill for that guy. I would do anything for him. Um, he's just a great person. And now I feel like I need to take a shower. Like I just feel dirty <laughs> for saying these things. I feel ill. <laughs> To say something nice about Ryan really is hard for me. So that that one that one hurt a little bit. When you said you got sick and you didn't know how it was going to turn out, what do you what do you mean by that? I mean, I just feel like I'm going to vomit saying nice saying nice things about Ryan. Like, ugh, just makes you feel nauseous. <laughs> like, just ugh. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm just kidding. I, I love the guy. He's, he will always be one of my best friends and, and I, I cherish our, our chances to go shoot together. And he always, he always makes me look bad. He always comes back with better shots than I do, which, yeah, I've come to just sort of accept that. But, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's Ryan. He's, he's, uh, he's a pretty incredible photographer and, uh, and an equally incredible human. What other friendships do you have that are deep rooted from photography? Yeah, you know, David Thompson and I have gotten really close over the years, and he's also one of my one of my favorite people. Um, David's funny. I, I just I was in Colorado. Uh, my wife and I are are, are moving there uh, in about a year, so we were looking at houses, and she's got family there. And and then I scooted out for a few days of, of fall color with David and his family, uh, who are awesome. His wife and kid are just great. But David's David's a uh, he is hysterically funny guy. He is just, he always makes me laugh. He's so just cool and, and relaxed and he's just got it. He's just got it all figured out and I'm just a spaz, but um, I love spending time with him. 
he is an interesting guy because when we first met, we met almost 10 years ago and he was not much of a photographer. Um, he, you know, he, he was, he was okay. Uh, he worked hard at it, but it just, it didn't seem like it was gelling that, that much. And then, and over the years, uh, you know, I said, yeah, he's getting better. He's getting better. And then in the last, I'd say three to four years, he has vaulted himself to, in my, in my humble opinion, he's in my top five favorite photographers. Forget knowing him as a person. The work that he puts out to me is it's in my top personal five of anybody. And, and he, I, I keep looking at him going, how did you do that? And how he did it is work. The guy lives and now he's a great husband and father, but he lives and breathes photography. He works at it. He studies it. He practices. He shoots as much as he can. He processes. He learns. He connects with people. He's constantly involved in, in you know, photography in the community. Um, and he's just a guy that I, I look at and I go, this is not somebody that just, you know, it has shown up and is amazing. He has worked to get to where he is. And I admire that about him so much. It pisses me off. I mean, I, I, there's nothing worse than knowing that David, you know, smokes my work and he's just really good um, at every aspect of landscape photography. But uh, I, I love spending time with him as well. Just love it. It's, it's, he's another one of my, one of my really best friends. I've heard photographers mention the competitive nature of the craft and especially if you're doing it for a business, do you find yourself as a competitor among your photography friends? Yeah. You know, do you, I'm curious. I'll ask you first. How do you, do you see that? I, I, I subscribe to the thought that a rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah, I, I, I would say I don't care enough <laughs> to be a competitor. Um, I, I mean, I want to put work out there that's that's good, um, but I really, I don't care. I don't care if I have no followers on Instagram, which is why I almost I never post anything. I, you know, uh, when I do, I, I usually post it more for the story than the picture because I like to tell you know stories that I try to make humorous. Um, like the time that I had to pick cactus quills out of David Thompson's backside. That was, that was something <laughs> I'll never forget. Um, but, uh, uh, and then on this recent trip and you're, you're, you're breaking story here. Um, I almost got eaten by a moose while I was uh, relieving myself in the, in the Colorado woods. So. Um, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. I, yeah. I have to hear the full story. <laughs> There's not much of a story. We we were David and I and his wife and kid went out into the into the aspen groves and I I had to to urinate so I left my camera bag and plopped up the hill and went over into a, a you know behind a grove of trees so that for a little privacy and got my my pants down and was relieving myself and and this giant moose is just walking right toward me and I'm thinking. The decision, there's a decision tree here. Like, do I do, do what, what, how, how important is the shot for starters? And then this guy looks to be uh, 30 times my size and I'm not small, but you know, are we going to, are we going to stand off here? So 
but all, you know, it, with my pants down, I'm not going to be, I'm never fast in the first place, but that's definitely going to slow me down. Um, but w- at the end of the day, he just sauntered on by, didn't seem terribly interested in what I was offering. And, uh, I, I didn't move fast enough to get my camera. So it was, it was just, a just me and the moose. Um, and, uh, yeah, luckily I didn't, I didn't die with my pants around my ankles. Okay. Continue competitive. nature. So, so, so back to, back to the topic at hand, um, competitively, I, I, I just, I really don't care if people look at my work, I I'm appreciative. Um, but it doesn't, it, it, I try to put out work that I find interesting and that I like. And so if that works for people, great. If it doesn't, that's fine too. I'm definitely my own worst critic. So I look at a shot that I've put out there and within, you know, two, three weeks, I, I usually dislike it. And I'm thinking, ah, that's, that's crap. I got to go try mm-hmm. to do something better. Um, which I, I don't mind that about myself because it, I think it drives me to try to improve. Uh, but it, it's, it's not something where I feel like I need to compete in the broader sense of, um, you know, these people that are out there promoting themselves. And I, I, it's just not me. I don't, I don't, I don't like to promote myself. Um, but I also, you know, it makes me feel great if I can, if I can come away from a shoot with a shot that works and especially if Ryan doesn't get anything, Oh, there's nothing better than I coming home and he's got nothing. (laughs) It makes me so happy, um, it's, it, but it's done in fun. Um, it's, it's, it's not, I'm not, you know, I'm not mad, uh, but we definitely, we definitely, you know, joke. If one of us is out shooting and the other one's not, I wish nothing but horrible light for them. Just, I just want them to be miserable and get nothing. Um, <laughs> so I guess if, if that's competitive, then yeah, then, we, then I'm competitive in that way, but not so much in terms of, you know, I want to be the best photographer out there. I want to have the most followers. I, I don't care. It just it doesn't you know it doesn't matter to me. Well, I would say to like anybody listening who does find themselves not relating to that, and maybe more so on the side of like, I saw someone go to that location. They took way better photos than me. Um, first of all, they might be thinking the exact same thing about you. And Good point. secondly. Um, I would say respond with a question of like how and and why and what in terms of of them framing that up, especially if you're out on a trip with them, you know, what did you see here in the light? And and I think, you know, Miles, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, but I think asking those questions would help me understand and, and not only get better shots while I am out the next time, but also cheer them on in their work. Uh, definitely. I, that's, I think having a, a, a photography mentor or asking questions or trying to learn in, in an appropriate way, um, I think is a huge benefit and, and something that people can really, uh, that's how you, that's how you get better. Um, I can always sort of tell the photographers that are going to do well, or at least I think I can, because the ones that are you know, that are starting out that, that are posting stuff going, this shot's amazing. This is awesome. And I think, I don't know that that's the framework that's going to get you better. Um, Mm. I, you know, people that are a little bit more self-critical, I think have an easier time of improving, um, that they're not satisfied with what they're doing. 
and they want to get better. And then your your suggestion of asking the questions in those times is is great. Um, and and I'm always I mean I run into people in the field. Nobody knows who I am. Oh, well, David. Oh my, it's like being out with with Jesus. It's like everybody <laughs> stops and wants to talk to him, and I'm just sitting here going, okay, well, I'm gonna go shoot this leaf over here. Um, <laughs> So nobody knows who I am or, or particularly wants to ask my advice on anything. But but if you run into somebody that is, you know, a photographer that you admire or they're taking shots that you admire, there's, I think, asking that, asking for advice, um, not particularly on a location. That's that's one of those things that I think gets people, puts, puts them in a bad spot. But just mm-hmm. advice on, you know, how did you see or what did you do or what did you think or what focal length or I, I, I think people are usually open to talking about those kind of things. It's a compliment that, you know, somebody finds your work interesting enough that they want to get more insight into how you created it. The more you talk, Miles, the more I hear like being very self-analytical about your process and photography. Have you always been that way? I I am definitely, um, do you know, it's, I can go all the way back if we're now, so we're going to switch from marriage therapy to, a little bit of you know family family therapy. Um, mm. I go back to when I was in fifth grade, and my mom my mom passed away a long time ago. But she was a a very gentle, kind, a wonderful person. And I had gone. I was very fortunate. We didn't we didn't grow up with a lot of money, but we did have um, access to funds through my grandparents that a lot of people didn't have, and they were generous with their money and. So I had an opportunity to go down to Montserrat down the Caribbean when I was in like sixth grade mm-hmm. and go down there and have fun with a, a friend and his family. And, and I did it. And I came back and I lived in a small farming town and I was, you know, talking about it to my friends and people in school and how cool it was. And, and I, I came home to my mom one day and I was like, you know, I, I my friends have just kind of stopped talking to me. And I, you know, it's a fifth grade kind of thing. I think that happens. And she dug a little bit into it and asked, well, what, what, what have we been talking about lately and blah, blah, blah. And I told her and she said, and, it, and I will never forget this. This has shaped my entire life. She said, nobody likes a bragger. And I, the fact that I remember this, you know, what is this? 40 years later, 35 years later, whatever it is, I, that hit me. And so I honestly think that that has shaped my personality into I don't ever want to be the guy that gets cocky about himself or herself or whoever it is. I don't want to be the person that's just sitting there talking about how great they are. And I have a lot of confidence in myself as a pilot. I think I'm a good pilot um, and I've worked hard at that, but I also am very careful not to, to, to always recognize that, yeah, you, you, you know, there's a lot you don't know. And there's a lot of people that are, that, that have a lot of things to offer that you don't. And there's a lot of things that you could do better. And so photography is the same for me. I don't think I'm, a, I mean, I think I'm kind of middle of the pack of, of the landscape photographers that are out there. And I don't, I will never look at myself as being kind of great at anything because it just makes me feel uncomfortable. And I think it all kind of roots back to that. I don't want to be the guy that's talking about myself in a, in an inflated way. I don't like that. It looks, it's a bad look to me. So, uh, I tend to be very self detrimental 
And, um, and then also as from being a pilot, we, we learn, I study accidents and incidents a lot. And one of the things that we learn about that is to be totally and brutally honest with yourself about, about the mistakes that you make. And we debrief those things after every flight. And now we're pre-briefing them before a flight. What are the threats that we face? What are the, what are the issues that are coming up? And so I kind of live my life that way where I, I, I will be very upfront about my misgivings and my mistakes and the things that I need to work on. Um, and I think it's just a, it's a function of my upbringing and also my job. And, and uh, so I, I'm self-deprecating, um, and it's a lot of it's in fun and funny, but but I also generally feel that way. I mean, I, I I just I have a lot. I have good I have good confidence in who I am as a human, but uh, but I always want to be trying to get better at at whatever I'm doing. So there's and there's always room for me to get a lot better at whatever I'm doing. In, in the room for you to get better, what do you have coming up that that people should know about? and how they can interact with you and, and maybe even possibly going to shoot with you. Well, uh, I don't have a lot of time to shoot, but, um, there are two opportunities. I, I don't teach. I've done a couple workshops with Ryan and I really, I, I instruct, um, flying. So I love teaching and I love instructing and I love being out there, um, with like-minded people when I have the chance. Um, but I do have, uh, I am going to join a couple of, uh, of, big time photographers, uh, for a storm chase, uh, in July of next year. So we're, we're out far enough where we think that COVID is going to be, um, manageable at that point. So July 16th to 22nd, Bruce Amori and I are going to join Brian Pesman and Steve Saviano. Steve is a photographer slash weather forecaster and Brian's a photographer. Um, they are storm chasers. So we're going to do a storm chasing photo workshop, uh, out of Denver, across the Great Plains for seven days. So if anybody wants to join on that, we still have some space and would love to see you. Um, chasetours.net is uh, how you sign up for that. Ryan's doing two of those tours before me, so don't sign up for his. He, he, you don't want to spend <laughs> anybody spending a week with Ryan. Trust me, I've done it. That's not, that's not where you want to be. Um, but so I'm, I'm going to do that. And I'm really excited about that because I've studied weather my whole life. And so to see these big storms rolling across the plains and get to photograph it, it's going to be like being back out in the lava, you know, that excitement, the adrenaline and of chasing those storms with some guys that really know what they're doing and know how to forecast the weather. I'm, I'm super stoked to do that. Um, and then we're redoing, uh, we had the nightscapers photography convention um, last May we canceled due to, um, COVID. So we're going to redo that this year. And we're not sure yet whether that's going to be all in person, half in person, half virtual or all virtual, but that's going to be, um, another thing I'm presenting at, um, next May. So Nightscapers, um, Royce Bears, um, uh, program there and, Uh, All that kind of stuff. If anybody ever wants to know about that, just send me an email from my website or go to my Instagram and I'm I'm happy to to talk about that. So thank you for letting me plug those two things. I, I, I'm excited. I don't, like I said, I don't get a chance to do those things very often. So to have two of them coming up for me is, is a a real, uh, a treat and I can't wait to get out there and and get into it, especially the storm chase stuff. That's going to be really fun. What do you hope to grab from that trip? 
I hope to grab better pictures than Ryan Dyer. That's what I hope to grab. That's a, that, that's that's a, that's my goal. Um, no, if you if you look at um, the pictures that these guys have gotten of these mothership storms, the tornadoes, the lightning, the I want those. Like I want that drama. And one of the things that I see, um, it's it's hard to frame those in such a way where there's not a distracting element, you know. And and I, that's what I, I'm. My goal is to be out there and getting those shots that are not just displaying the nature of the shot, but are also um, you know beautiful landscapes to look at. And so mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm most excited about. And uh, if we dig out a tornado or two, that'd be awesome. But I, I really have wanted to storm chase for a while and this is my chance to do it. And if I get a, uh, you know, an opportunity to go out there and uh, to instruct some with some people and, and uh, get some people that are maybe not as familiar with the camera or that want to learn, that's even better. I, I love to teach. So this is my, my opportunity to do that next year. He's Miles Morgan. Miles, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, I would say talking about photography, but thanks for joining us on the Dr. Phil show. (laughs) Hey, David, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, I hope you get a little bit of sleep. And I do hope that you and I get a chance to get out there and uh, we can go maybe snap a couple of pictures while we talk about our feelings.